You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. nightmare for people that had to try to prepare for him because he, he had unique skills. Just go get the quarterback. I felt sorry for some of those poor tackles that came in and to go against him because they didn't realize what they were getting themselves into. Hey, baby, this going there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Lights out. Sacking the cornerback is just like uh, like you like you devastate a city or you cream or you cream a multitude of people. I mean, it's just like like you put all the off- offensive players in one bag, and I just take a baseball bat and beat on the bag. So each time he came over there, I tried to tear his damn head off. Let's play some football. Let's play some football. The pressure is on. This is. Off the edge on Tide 100.9. Focus on what you want to do, what you want to accomplish. Think about that. Don't think about how you feel, how tired you are, how hot it is. You got to put yourself on the field when you're playing football. It's my honor to present the national championship trophy to Coach Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. To me, this is the ultimate team. All these guys bought into everything they needed to do to be the best players that they could be. There's more togetherness on this team than almost any team that we've ever had. And they had to overcome and persevere so much adversity through this season. And they've done it magnificently. And I'm so proud of this group for what they've been able to accomplish in going undefeated and winning the national championship. Streaming live on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and the Tide 100.9 app. Here is your host of Off the Edge, Jacob Harrison. Hello there, good morning, welcome into Off the Edge Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. I am Jacob Harrison, the show as always streams live on the Tide 100.9 app, your best friend as a Crimson Tide fan, whether you need written content or on the air, we've got you covered with all the latest news and analysis concerning your team, the Alabama Crimson Tide, and all the sports there in, you can download Tide 100.9 app on Android and Apple devices, as well as play it from your smart home speaker, whether it's a Google Home, Alexa, you name it. Just tell it to enable the Tide 100.9 app or skill, and you'll be able to enjoy our content throughout the day, wherever you are, thanks to the Tide 100.9 app. So today, what we're going to get into here on the show is more NIL stuff, but more specifically the 
impact that Barstool Athletes has had uh, on this whole thing. So uh, if you've been paying attention at all, especially on the Twitter scene, when it comes to Barstool, uh, you know, they, they're more of an entertainment company than they are a journalistic company, by far. They do cover, they do have some respectable voices, but for the most part, it's all entertainment. That's why they're involved in gambling. That's why... The president goes to, to cities and does pizza reviews and, and candy reviews and all the, it's for fun. It's for entertainment, but they still are on the brink of being such a questionable asset when it comes to a, endorsing players. And of course, in line with the opening of NIL on July 1st, Barstool Sports created an account on Twitter that immediately blew up and uh, already has like 37,000 followers and over 100,000 athletes have applied to become a Barstool athlete and nobody, no, including Barstool, nobody knows what that really means. And so I reached out to, to the friend of Tide 100.9 now at this point, Dan Lust, uh, who I just so happened to stumble across on Twitter uh, a few days before NIL took over and then uh, of course, he naturally was on the Gary Harris show uh, the day before NIL was opened up. So now he is going to join us in about 10 minutes to kind of break down the situation. And, you know, he's the he's the sports attorney. He's been across the nation on the biggest brands, lending his expertise to the situation. And he calls into question the legitimacy of this situation and whether or not it could be detrimental to the student athletes that have applied or have been recognized as barstool athletes. Now, most barstool athletes that have been recognized as such are small town or small time, lesser known sports, non revenue generating sports, so on and so forth. Alabama has eleven barstool athlete student athletes across four different sports, including wheelchair basketball, soccer, uh, track and field, and football. And, oh, we also have women's basketball, so five. Uh, and while it is for mostly unknown players, there are two critical players for the Alabama Crimson Tide that have been recognized as barstool athletes. Kicker Will Reichard and edge linebacker Christopher Allen. Those are two guys you can't live without. And here's the thing. We don't know what the compensation is, what the trade deal is, what the contract is for for this NIL opportunity, but when Will Reichard was announced as a Barstool athlete, it was in a game photo. So the Alabama marks and logos are present in the photo, does that create problems? Does it does it wa warrant somebody coming down and, and handing down any type of punishment? But at the same time, before any I NIL deals are announced or given any clearance, it has to go through the school and it has to be approved by the school. So who's breaking the rules? Who should be punished, if anyone? And how do we get through this so that we can get on to the positive impacts of NIL, such as Montana Fouts giving out her first few cameos and unleashing her brand 
uh, with a new logo and, and some t-shirts over the weekend and those sorts of things where it, there's the excitement of these players getting what is due and what is owed to them. Uh, as a disclaimer, I am neither a Barstool hater nor am I a Barstool fan. I follow much of their stuff on social media, but I don't actively consume it, nor do I despise what they are. Even though they have a lot of issues, they can be entertaining. Uh, and sports gambling is is something that is fun that that I like to partake in when given the opportunities. Thanks, Alabama. Uh, but you know, it's it's a difficult scene to traverse. So we're gonna we're gonna dive into those sorts of things. We'll also get into uh, the MLB draft and. How laughable it is, to be honest. Uh, a little bit of Jeremiah Alexander, the top quarterbacks in the country, because uh, I, I got a bone to pick with that that certain three-letter company that, that of course, is doing it again. They're doing it again. They're doing it again. They're making you talk about them, and I don't want to do it, but but we got problems again. Uh, but we'll get into all that and so much more. The show is always brought to you by Alabama Vintage 2210 University Boulevard, congrats to John C., who guessed it was Ozzie Newsome, along with nine other uh, participants in our $25 gift card giveaway to Alabama Vintage last Friday. We had a lot of fun. I really enjoyed the participation and the show on the whole on Friday. Uh, made me feel good. So, John, whenever you're ready, man, come and get your gift card here at the studio and be on the lookout next month, the first Friday of every month. We will. Uh, Charlie and I will convene on who our Alabama Vintage Player of the Month is. We'll give you the clues and give you the opportunity to call in and win a $25 gift card to Alabama Vintage. Naturally, of course, I went on, went in on Saturday after Saturday morning showdown, and I picked up some items. I, I got me this funny Bart shirt that just says sports across the body of it for obvious reasons. Uh, and also got up some gym shorts with the Alabama logo on it. But my wife actually found something that wasn't sports related at all. Just a, a plaid overshirt. You know, there's not, it's not all just sports items in there. Of course, that's the selling point. Come in and buy all, all these vintage Alabama items, whether it's memorabilia or clothing, but there's something for all sorts of people in there. I've seen band tees. I've seen all different types of marks and, and memorabilia in there. It's not just for Alabama items, but I know that's what's going to drive you into the store, uh, whether it's tees, whether it's sweaters, starter jackets, jerseys. I've seen some nice Trent Richardson jerseys in there. Uh, go check them out, 2210 University Boulevard under the Crimson Awning across from City Hall in the heart of downtown T-Town and see what Charlie's got on offer for you. Also, follow him on Instagram at... Alabama VTG and be sure to, to look up some of those brand ambassadors, get their codes and get 15% off your order at Alabama VTG.com. Charlie has 11 Alabama Crimson Tide student athlete brand ambassadors at Alabama vintage. So the opportunities are there for you as well as for the student athletes autograph sessions coming up as well. A lot of exciting things going down at Alabama vintage we'll take a break here on off the edge and we'll come back and we'll talk to the sports attorney dan lust next on off the edge tied 100.9 this services 
The Alabama football countdown clock is driven by Crawford Insurance, Tuscaloosa's low-cost auto insurer. Call 752-6489 for a free quote today. There are, there are, there are 54 days until Alabama football. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Occasionally cloudy with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms across West Alabama this afternoon and tonight. Today's high 83, the low tonight 70. For tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine with scattered showers and thunderstorms, the high 85. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 76 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Follow off the edge on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube for live streams and instant analysis. Off the edge with Jacob Harrison continues. Big props to Mason and Joe behind the board for kicking off Metal Monday the right way. Excellent producing. Barstool, what are you doing? Oh. Oh. Uh-oh. Let's welcome in our guy Dan Lust into the show. Dan, it's such a pleasure to have you on, man. How are you doing this morning? My pleasure. I'm fired up. That music is uh, definitely helping the vibe here on this lovely Monday morning. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's dive right into it. This barstool thing has got me uh, not necessarily worried, but I do know that there are two names with the Alabama Crimson Tide of the 11 across five sports. Uh, Christopher Allen, one of our top edge rushers here, and our kicker, Will Reichert, which after a perfect season, don't want to lose him. Uh, But with this barstool athletes thing that's going on, uh, the situation is shaky uh, based off of the the language and the fact that, that Portnoy and the whole crew there at Barstool seem to not know anything further than we do. I know that they put some black and white legalese out uh, shortly after kind of the time period where you were you know bringing up the question, is this legal? Are student athletes going to get in trouble? Uh, just kind of give us a blanket understanding of what's going on with Barstool athletes and NIL. Yeah, a couple things. So... Uh, you know, I think anyone that tells you that they know with 100% certainty how barstool athletics will be treated on a compliance level, if they say they know that, you know, take it with a grain of salt. It's a question that has never been asked of schools, the NCA conferences. What, what makes a company a quote-unquote gambling company? What makes an alcohol company an alcohol company, right? Just because you, you have some services, like a restaurant offers some form of alcohol, doesn't necessarily make them an alcohol company, but uh, state rules and school rules largely prohibit deals with sin companies. And not that I necessarily agree with this, but that's alcohol, cannabis, and gambling. That's just historically what it's been, and the new state laws kind of mirror that. So, you know, I saw Barstool announce, and I, and I saw Portnoy's press conference, you know, that we're getting into the space, Barstool Athletics. And I thought it was interesting. I, I immediately thought of this gambling component as potentially being a problem. What I did not expect, Jacob, was that 100,000 athletes from across the country, from across D1 through D3, would sign up in droves like this was a gold rush to sign on the dotted line, when as of today, July 12th, we still don't know whether this is going to be allowed by the universities. We still don't know if it's going to 
potentially impact your eligibility. So the speed at which people mobilize for Barcelona doesn't surprise me, but it, it did surprise me a little bit in this context, just because you know all the rules are still being kind of vetted out. Absolutely, I mean the the wild west, uh, wild wild west gifts run rampant across your page. I've noticed. Uh, especially this morning. But when it comes down to it, uh, the schools themselves, at least here in Alabama, I've done my best to at least try to understand Alabama's laws. Uh, you know, it's got to go through the school first. The school has to approve any NIL deals, contracts, no matter how minor or how major. And, uh, you know, we see, you know, Will Reichert get announced as a Barstool athlete with a photo of him kicking in an Alabama game with the marks and logos, which he would have to have permission uh, to use. So does it, I mean, do we know exactly what the, the deal is with these barstool athletes? If there's any sort of compensation or if it's just a shout out and if the schools have to approve it, aren't, aren't they kind of, you know, trying to see if it, if it's really such a bad idea to partner with barstool, what, what do you make of those situations? Yeah, and I and I probably should mention, um, you know, I don't, uh, I, I know there was some uh, people thought it was a big development. Uh, you know, Portner retweeted a, you know, a tweet that had mentioned that they were uh, tra- taking a separate entity, Barstool Athletics. So, you know, I don't, I haven't really heard anything that you get as a Barstool athlete beyond free merchandise and beyond the ability to call yourself a Barstool athlete. Which, you know, I, I get it. Like, it's cool to call yourself a Barstool athlete. It's cool to say, hey. You know, I have some affiliation with Barstool. Maybe that gives you more brand recognition elsewhere. But I still haven't heard a plan. Um, not that they're in any rush to come up with one. They already have demand without necessarily being able to provide anything beyond, you know, free merchandise and a shout-out. Um, so that's, you know, a little alarming for me. I don't know the terms of the deal they're signing. Um, the point that you raise is an interesting one that, um, you know, we'll see what, what comes of it. But for the most part, schools do not want you the, the free range to, use the school's logo and the school's colors in your NIL deals. It's, it's rare. I mean, maybe schools will change their stance since LSU has been very adamant that they want their athletes to use, you know, the, the yellow and purple with the tiger. But it's not the rule across the country. Um, but, yeah, Barstool has this kind of fine print that says, by sending us a photo of you in your, you know, with the logo, the colors, you hereby consent that you have the right to use it. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but it's essentially saying if you send us something, you're saying that you have the right to use it. So uh, we'll see. I mean, a lot of this requires the schools to come after Barstool and to basically tell their athletes that they're messing up and publicly kind of chastise them. In this world of recruiting, in this world of optics, I- I'm not sure how quick a school is going to be to do it. But, you know, this is school's IP. You know, the, I know the Texas Longhorns spend a lot of money defending that burnt orange color. Schools defend those marks kind of vigorously. So it'd be weird to just kind of let Barstool use these logos, you know, just uh, for free. Uh, when they haven't historically allowed entities and people to use these logos like that. So just something to watch for. Again, I, I, I make the joke, obviously, Jacob, that's the wild, wild west, but like, no, one is, no one knows what's going to happen here. Each school can, can interpret this very differently. Absolutely, and when it comes down to those marks and logos, it, it makes sense why it's a part of Alabama law because, I mean, I love my alma mater, but they've come out of, after people for putting it in icing on cookies. Like, it, they take the, the, the script A very, very seriously. Uh, but when it comes down to it, if there is seen to be a problem, of course, this is brand new territory. And there are rules in place that must be followed. But when there's that gray area and you get to the point where courtrooms are involved, sometimes you know weird things can happen because you were the first one to find the gray, gray area. So if it turns out that there is a problem here, 
who should really be held liable? Is is it Barstool for being the gambling company and diving into this head first? The athletes for not doing their homework or the schools for approving the the deals themselves to begin with? Uh, and I mean, where does that punishment come from anyway with the NCAA kind of absolving themselves from this situation entirely? Yeah, I mean... It's a great question, right? Like, and I don't want to be the guy that's like, I hate Barstool. Like, I actually, I'm a fan of what Barstool does. Right. I'm just, as a lawyer, I'm sitting here and I'm like, I don't know, just, someone's got to say it. They look a lot like a gambling company to me. And I'm someone that studies the lines. I'm, I'm in that, that space. You know, uh, I, I speak the, the language, but I know that Barstool is owned, you know, by 36% by a gambling company, Penn National Gaming. Uh, if you listen to any of their podcast feeds or you just watch their content on social media, very gambling heavy. So it's not a question to me as to whether or not the, the question is, hey, is Barstool Athletics a completely separate entity, legally speaking, from Barstool Sports or Barstool Sportsbooks? question to me, if, if I'm a you know, reasonable compliance official, hey, does gambling so permeate this company that it doesn't really matter if they're technically separate? So the example I, I, I try to give people, right, if like Caesars Casino, they say, hey, we want to get in this NIL space. We're going to open up Caesars Athletics LLC. And, you know, Jacob, you asked me, the Caesar Athletics LLC, you know, is that a gambling company? I'm like, I, I don't know. I mean, it's pretty close to a gambling company. When you say Caesars, people think of gambling. When you say Barstool, people think of gambling. So the, the question as to who's at fault, uh, it's probably a little bit on the athlete, right? Um, you know, for, for signing something they don't know the, the necessarily repercussions in. I don't necessarily think Barstool's doing anything wrong from a legal perspective. It's not illegal to, for Barstool to offer this, but it is illegal to sign it. So, yeah, I think it's going to fall on the athletes, and that's, that's my only platform here. Like, I don't really think Barstool is, a, is out to get people. I think, you know, to Portnoy's own admission, he said, you know, I didn't give this a, lot, a ton of thought before we got into it. So I'm like, okay, well, I could never tell my clients to jump into business with someone that didn't do a lot of thought into the business plan. That's my only, you know, my only MO here is just to, you know, keep, make sure the athletes keep their eyes and ears open. I hope Alabama obviously does the right thing and doesn't. You know, penalize anybody, but there have been you know schools that have been coming out and saying it's gray. We have to think about this. So you know, just just don't assume that because you haven't heard anything means that it's fine. Absolutely, we're talking to Dan Lust, the sports attorney's been across the nation discussing NIL as well as all the legal matters that go into sports. Uh, take take a sports journalism class. You know that it's important <laughs> to, to know your legalities when it comes to to athletics. Uh, a, a while back, uh, you know, right as the NCAA had absolved themselves and we were really diving into uh, the opening of NIL, you had posed the question on your Twitter account at Sports Law Dan, uh, or excuse me, at Sports Sports Law Lust. Uh, would the NCAA exist in ten years? And 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 I quoted you and I said uh, that I think it'll exist in some manner because it has to organize events. It has to you know at least from an organizational standpoint of bringing the conferences together, it might have to exist on that platform. But as far as a, 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 a position of authority, probably not because I don't know where they can come at with, you know, 90% of the problems that they had faced as, as far as scandals and those sorts of things, those are out the window. Uh, what, what kind of do you think is the NCAA's next move after this L that they had to take with NIL uh, and, and kind of being forced into a position where, where they've got to evolve. I mean, who calls the shots in, in college sports? I, yes, to me, you put a gun to my head. I'd say the commissioners. I think we saw that during the pandemic. I think, you know, Greg Sankey in SEC country holds a lot of power, for better or for worse. Kevin Warren up in uh, Big Ten country has, has a lot of power. 
so I, I'm not sure what the NCAA's role in this moving forward. I, I'm with you. Something probably has to exist to align the conferences together, but college football exists without the NCAA's involvement. It's a separate entity. College basketball has the NCAA's involvement because they need someone to you know, negotiate television deals and, and whatnot, but uh, college football exists really without the NCAA's involvement in, in large part. So I think college basketball could go that route as well. It's just a question at the end of the day is whether these conferences want to play ball and whether they want to unite if they think there's more money in uniting with one another uh, to have kind of a global college sports landscape. But, you know, I don't, I don't, they don't live in a world of fantasies, but there was a time, you know, at the end of 2019 when California passed fair pay to play, when you had big schools come out and say that they're not going to schedule games against California schools. You've had times in our country where the NCAA threatened to ban schools from competition because they weren't abiding by certain rules, even going back to the 80s and the, and the 50s, it's happened. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know what the NCAA, uh, their, their next move is. I just know that they can't really play these power plays anymore, because as we've seen, it's been very clear from the pandemic, and now obviously from you know the student-athlete empowerment movement, uh, the NCAA doesn't call the shots. And Mark Emmert had to go to the federal government to ask for a bailout, and that was as recently as 30 days ago to Congress. So, you know, bailout, a.k.a. they couldn't figure out name, image, and likeness, and they're asking Congress, federal government, to step in and create a federal law, kind of, uh, you know, make, make this landscape a little more clean with one clean federal law. So, yeah, I think the NCAA's next step is taking a step back, maybe rebranding, maybe calling themselves something else, but they're taking a lot of L's, and I, I don't see any, any W's on the horizon. <laughs> There's not a lot of W's when it comes to NCAA outside of that tournament. Uh, when it comes down to it, though, you know, we focused a little bit on the – the barstool thing uh but you know for for every bad situation that comes across with nil i feel like there's eight or nine pretty good ones that you can feel good about uh there's and there's plenty of those but before we get into the positives are there any other kind of concerns that have sprouted over the past 11 days that that have come come across your eyes uh that you'd like to draw some attention to yeah, I think probably the, the biggest one, maybe not a concern, just one that I don't think is getting enough attention. At, at any individual school, there are going to be international athletes. Just, the, just the, the sport is becoming global in terms of football, in terms of basketball. Obviously, uh, different sports have international flavors. But maybe people don't know this, but as of today, as of July 12th, international athletes are, are having a lot of trouble profiting off their name, image, and likeness because they're on student visas. And just the way that we've understood and defined student visas for you know, the past half century uh, they're not working here. There's a difference between a work visa and a student visa. So I, I know I've spoke to a handful of athletes that are facing that issue. That's got to be something that comes from the federal uh, federal level, Department of Homeland Security, potentially federal legislation. But just, just so everyone's clear, we are not, you know, it's not that 100% of athletes have the ability to make money. Uh, it's, you know, obviously we're missing the international play, but it's more of, a, more of an issue maybe in, in basketball and, and some other sports. Um, but, you know, the work, there's still work to be done. The federal bill, don't let people fool you that we don't need the federal bill. The federal bill does definitely have some, some positives. And we, and we do have international players on our basketball team here in Tuscaloosa as well, so it is something uh, to keep an eye on. That's really a shame. Do you think that that would kind of be one of the, the resolving issues that could push towards a federal blanket rule for NIL? I think it's a reason to do it. Um, I, I know because I, I, you know, I try to listen to, to everybody you know on the left, on the right, in different, different states. But people are kind of saying, hey, the states and the schools are going to get used to this, so maybe we're not going to want federal involvement here. And, you know, for the history of college sports, college football, college basketball, we have recruiting battles that are decided on the strength of a particular program. Um, I would hate if recruiting battles are decided on the savviness of one's politician. 
a federal bill, for the most part, will clean up these kind of state advantages. Half the country right now doesn't have name image likeness laws on the books. So I get that, you know, and SEC country was really much, you know, very much at the forefront of this and enforcing the issue, obviously with Florida and Kentucky, you guys, Mississippi, Georgia. Um, but I think we have a national landscape. And, you know, uh, again, I love college sports. I love college football. Other states maybe don't have it as high on the priority list at the, at the you know, political level, and they just didn't get these laws passed. So I think a federal rule will do a lot to clean it up and really make these advantages based on the field, coaching staffs, and not just what some uh, politician thought up in a back room. Absolutely. We're talking to Dan Lust at Sports Law Lust on the Twitter account, host of the Conduct Detrimental podcast as well. Uh, so swinging back to those those positives, the, the, you know, the, the athletes that are able to take advantage, whether it's through social media, uh, you know, we, we've seen the, the gymnast from LSU who's taken hold because of her Instagram and TikTok accounts. Uh, or their talents, an offensive lineman from Marshall who's able to play music gigs as a country music artist. Uh, and then there's just great endorsements all, all the way around. Uh, you know, what, what are some of your favorite, what are some of the, the more unique ways you've seen student-athletes kind of take advantage over the past 11 days? I think my favorite one, I mean, I, I see the news with Olivia Dunn. I see the one with the, uh, you know, she's the, the gymnast at LSU. You know, it's like 5 million followers. There's these Cavender twins, these uh, basketball players at Fresno State. You know, three and a half million followers on, on TikTok. Um, I, I like seeing those deals. I think those are a pretty clear cut. And I like seeing it's not just basketball and, and uh, you know, football, men's basketball and, and men's football taking over. It's everything across the board. Um, what I like seeing at a, at a smaller level is truthfully these deals that someone like a Spencer Rattler is signing for like a buck 25 to go on Cameo and just speak directly to his fan base. You know, it's a, it's a buck 25 and it's directly facing consumers which we've never really seen. It's, it's just an easier way to get yourself out there. Um, but I like that. I like seeing athletes kind of just being entrepreneurs and being nimble. I mean, Jacob, I don't know about you. I'm a big, you know, office guy. I see Kevin making, making a buck on, uh, you know, on Cameo. Oscar's big on Cameo. Like, why not have Spencer Rattler make a buck 25 if he wishes someone happy birthday? I like these uh, little entrepreneurship genes that are coming out in people. Absolutely. We've, we've, uh, our ace pitcher on the softball team, Montana Fouts is, uh, she's one of three athletes from Alabama on cameo. And, uh, we've kind of already seen her, you know, make some noise with that. And it's been pretty positively, uh, received from the fan base. Uh, one more question before I let you go. Uh, I saw you get some pretty passionate about the, uh, upcoming EA sports NCAA football game. Uh, it, we might be a year or two away, uh, but with NIL being open, it does open the door, and EA said as much, uh, that we may be at a, at a spot where we might be able to have that video game. It's coming regardless. But we might be able to finally get that video game with real rosters or at least a percentage of the rosters being the actual athletes representing their schools. Uh, what, what are some of the hurdles you think that EA is going to face with that? Obviously, they're not being a union. Uh, going to each individual player might be. Uh, Hassable. What What are some other hurdles that we might have as far as uh, trying to get one of our favorite video games back? Um. Yeah. So I mean, I, I uh, EA Sports is being really kind of cheeky, and they're saying, "Hey, we're going to release an old game on July 20th." And oh, shocker! It was Fight Night. It was not. It was not anything related to the NCAA franchise. But obviously, the timing of that announcement and that teaser was done to drum up some interest in college sports fans. I don't see there being much of an obstacle. Obviously, the group licensing prohibitions were done at the NCA level. They said they weren't going to allow uh, licenses to be given out in one fail swoop. You had to go individually. Um, so kind of now, athletes can kind of sign their rights away. There could be a union. 
uh, someone, uh, a different entity, could come in and, and negotiate on behalf of the players to get that deal done. I don't, I don't really see there being much of a hurdle, um, at least what I'm hearing from the people at EA Sports, uh, in, indirectly, that they want the game to be an upgrade. They want it to be better than the last version, which hasn't come out you know, in, in, since 2014. Um, my, uh, you know, if I have a soapbox here, I'm like, listen, people will pay money for the game right now. You take the 2014 version, you throw these updated rosters on it, people will buy it. Do not touch the game in any way, shape, or form, and people will buy it. Um, so wh- why am I saying that? Not just because I want to play the game, but because you're going to have a class of college football, college basketball, whatever sport you want to do, that could get paid from the release of this game. And it would make, you and I know this, and everyone that's a fan of the franchise, it would make a ton of money if literally all you did was put the real players in the game. So I, I don't love the fact that they're saying 2023. Video games don't take two years to put together, especially when they've been out for 10. So I'm not going to buy the narrative that it's taking so long. Uh, I think it should just be put out into the market. People will understand if it's not the greatest because you only had a couple months to do it. But, hey, Jacob, that's the NIL world we're living in. It's not the greatest right now, but it's better than having absolutely no right to make money off your game. So I'm all for it. Let's keep the pressure on. Let's get NCAA sports video games all back. Exactly, and soon we'll uh, we'll be able to enjoy that. You had me and both of my producers shaking our heads. We'd we'd pay double for the video game, but I feel like they could just open up a portal and you know get the athletes themselves to to you know sign over their nil rights. Uh, it might be a little bit tricky if they had to do that, but I mean we got tens of thousands of players in the transfer portal, so they're willing to go out there and, and do what's best for them. Dan Lust at law at sports law lust on the Twitter account, host of the Conduct Detrimental podcast. Plug what you got going on, Dan. Uh, you know, a whole, a whole bunch of dealing with uh, these college athletes, speaking at a couple schools, businesses, uh, you know, on this topic. But, yeah, Conduct Detrimental is our podcast. We have a website that's going to launch probably in a week, conductdetrimental.com. We're going to cover all these NIL issues and keep the pressure on the NCA to release the video games. Back to the fans where they belong. Exactly. We really appreciate it, Dan. Take it easy. It was a little quick. Uh, we really appreciate Dan Lust joining us uh, for that segment. I want to hear your reactions to kind of what we just talked about with Dan. We'll get into some other topics as well, but we got 24 minutes left in the show. 205-342-9904. This is Off the Edge, Tide 100.9. Ply. We aren't going anywhere. Off the Edge is available in the podcast center. On Tide100.9.com. Hello there, we're back on Off the Edge, Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama sports. I am Jacob Harrison. I just got done talking with uh, Dan Lust about the uh, issues that are surrounding the Barstool Athletes, Barstool Athletics uh, Twitter account, and the partnering thereof of athletes with Barstool, and the questions surrounding Barstool with its position as kind of a gambling company. Maybe it's separated Barstool Athletes as an entirely different company, but there's still some question marks where where that lies. So uh, it was an interesting conversation. If you missed any of it, you can, of course, head to Tide109.com and check out the Podcast Center and get up to date 
on our conversation with Dan Lust. Uh, while you're at Tide109.com, there's a great story uh, from Kendall Hollowell. Former Alabama quarterback Blake Sims made his debut for the Spokane Shock last night in the Indoor Football League, uh, or excuse me, Saturday night, and uh, accounted for 163 total yards and four touchdowns. So Blake Sims back on a football field said he had tears in his eyes that he had to hold back. He's just so happy. So uh, head on over to Tide109.com and uh, learn about Blake Sims' big night in the Indoor Football League for the Spokane Shock. Uh, so last night starts the MLB draft, right? And and I'm not I'm not watching it. You couldn't pay me to watch the MLB draft. Uh, I mean, you probably could. Depends. But is there anything more lame than the Major League Baseball draft? Because I seriously, seriously doubt it. Because... My team, now granted, I say my team very loosely because I've probably watched two full Pittsburgh Pirates games, but I pay attention to the Pirates. I do. Like when when I get a notification every day that they lost by four scores, uh, you know, I I pay attention. I keep track. I know that they are terrible. Uh, I don't know anybody that'd want to watch a bad baseball team regardless. So maybe if they were good, I would watch them. But they've got the number one overall pick. And somehow... They bungle the number one overall pick in the public eye by selecting a catcher. Apparently, that's the same as drafting a guard with your first overall pick, and I don't get it. And also, the rationale for the Pirates selecting this Henry Davis kid from Louisville was because they're weak at catcher. And that only further exemplifies the fact that that's not how the MLB draft works. You don't draft where you're weak on the Pirates. You draft where you feel like you're confident in building over the next five years because that dude ain't wearing a Pirates jersey or a uniform for the next five years, regardless of how good he is. It's pointless. It literally doesn't matter. And you, you can't beg people to care when you you go and you look at, at recaps of it and the recap is two paragraphs long. And one of those paragraphs is just introducing you to who he is. Cause you've never heard of the first overall pick of the major league baseball draft. Could you imagine last year going into the NFL draft and nobody on the face of the planet had ever heard of Trevor Lawrence? Could you, I, could you imagine or, or go back uh, to Zion Williamson being the first overall pick in the in the NBA draft. And nobody's ever heard of Zion. It would be futile. It would be ridiculous. And look, I get it. I I like small ball. I, I like being able to go to Montgomery. Uh I grew up going to Mobile Bay Bear games. I like going to biscuit games and all that sort of uh whatever the Huntsville who, who are your Huntsville team? The trash pandas. The trash pandas. Don't you disrespect how, how do you forget the trash pandas, Jacob? Jeez. Uh all that, th those are fun. First of all, incredible names, great uniforms, easy baseball to just sit back and enjoy, nothing serious. If if you go watch the Trash Pandas and they lose, you're not going to go home and cry. You're not going to throw down with, with the, the fan of the biscuits in the second row. You know, it's, it's easy to enjoy baseball, and I get it. But it's almost a detriment to the sport, the fact that this Henry Davis kid 
got drafted by the Pirates and isn't going to wear a Pirates uniform for Lord knows how long. And if he got on Twitter last night and searched his name, all he'd see is people ragging on the Pirates for being a terrible franchise that they are and for finding the kid that would sign for the cheapest because apparently that's a thing in baseball. Why, I don't know. It's, it's utterly useless. Completely useless. And it kills me that in the NFL draft, we spend months and months and months. And I'm not just talking about me, who's overly passionate. But you just you get on social media or you turn on ESPN or, or NFL Network or anything like that, and there's draft coverage. You, you, you get a preview of what's happening. But with the MLB draft, they didn't even have a pre-show. <laughs> I had not even the slightest clue that it was on. I, I got a notification at the beginning of the day that it would be on. And then I got a warning notification that it would be on in like six minutes. And I was just blown away that you even have to advertise it that way. Yeah. Because why would you care? There's no reason to care. Uh, all that to be said, though, congrats to the Alabama signee, uh, Noah Miller, who was drafted by the Minnesota Twins with the final pick of the night last night. The MLB draft does continue. If I'm totally wrong about the MLB draft, you can call in and tell me how dumb I am. I won't, I won't blame you because I'm not a big MLB guy to begin with, but it seems pointless, but the phone number is 205-342-9904. We will take a break and come back and find something else to complain about or be happy about here on Off the Edge, Tide 100.9. Your sports. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Occasionally cloudy with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms across West Alabama this afternoon and tonight. Today's high 83, the low tonight 70. For tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine with scattered showers and thunderstorms, the high 85. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 79 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to Off the Edge on Tide 100.9. We're back to close her down. Off the edge, tied 100.9. I'm your host, Jacob Harrison. We had a great conversation on all things NIL, including the barstool dilemma with Dan Lust at Sports Law Lust on the Twitter account. Be sure to go give him a follow for the, the latest in legalese and sports. And uh, if you missed the conversation, the podcast center is where you'll find it on tied109.com. You'll can also find the uh, 37 athletes that I painstakingly went through and listed and named off their NIL deals and put a put a put a photo with them as well and check out all of the athletes that have NIL deals and I'm not even done with it because I have to go in and add some of the Alabama vintage players that I didn't know had signed uh, because Charlie has 11 Alabama Crimson Tide affiliated brand ambassadors there at Alabama Vintage 2210 University Boulevard. It's a great place to boost your fandom with memorabilia and apparel. 
for uh, Alabama Vintage Wear. And uh, you can also check out some some late news here. Uh, Mason, are you cheating on our guy, Arch Manning, here with a 2023 five-star quarterback who was named Alabama in his final five schools? What can I say? You know, it's a slow Monday morning. <laughs> the kid put us in his top seven. It seems like per- he's pretty good, though. You know? So in, in my, in my little stars. bit of research – I, you know, I found some lists of top quarterbacks like that, and Max Preps actually did like a top 10 quarterback list, and it included class of 2022 and 2023 and so on. And this kid, uh, was it Malachi Nelson and Arch Manning, were the only two 2023 quarterbacks in the top 10. So What a name, though. Malachi Nelson out of Los Alamitos High School, just outside of Los Angeles, California, 2023 five-star. Narrowing it down to the Crimson Tide alongside Florida State, Ohio State, USC, LSU, Oklahoma, and Notre Dame. But, you know, Mason and I still got our eyes on Arch Manning. That's still our guy. Arch Manning is number one. Speaking of Alabama recruited quarterbacks, uh, did you did you happen to get a, a look-see at uh, Ty Simpson's Twitter account? Uh, so I'm pretty sure that Ty Simpson's Twitter account got hacked. Uh... Because since about 7 p.m. last night, uh, he his account started to sell, try to sell, and none of this has been taken down, by the way. So somebody tell Ty Simpson that his account has been hacked because it's still trying to sell uh, Xbox One Series X's and PlayStation 5's below market value with an extra controller and overnight shipping. Like, th- this is not real. Do not try to buy a Xbox or a PlayStation from uh, the incoming five-star quarterback from Martin, Tennessee. Uh, if you shoot him that DM, tell him that his account has been hacked. But speaking again of quarterbacks, uh, that certain three-letter analysis hot take machine that is pro football focus has done it again, and... Uh, I got to say, I understand some of these, and a lot of it is fair. Uh, but I'm going to save you the click so you don't have to go and support them because they put our guy Bryce Young below some some questionable names, I will say. Uh, I think DJ Uyangle being much higher makes makes some sense. He got in the game last year. He took a Notre Dame team down to the wire in South Bend. It makes sense, but uh, Miles Miles Brennan, Miles Brennan, better than Bryce Young. Mm, how about Dustin Crum from Kent State? You ever heard of him? Or Lane Hatcher from Arkansas State? How about Emory Jones, who has just as much experience as Bryce Young? No, uh, I'll give you freshman SEC freshman of the year, Connor Basilic. I'll give you that. I think that's fair. Uh, I'll give you Mackenzie Milton. I'll give you Brock Purdy. Uh, I don't know who Brennan Armstrong is from Virginia. Uh, Malik Wilson. I'll give you that. I am absolutely 100% not giving you CJ Stroud though. Cause he hasn't played a down and he's going to be good. Don't get me wrong. I've seen that guy. He's good. Um, but he hasn't played a down. You have no frame of reference to say that C.J. Stroud is two quarterbacks better than Bryce Young. I can't accept it. I refuse. And then you got Sam Hartman 
from Wake Forest. No. And listen, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again, that Bryce Young is going to bring a Johnny Manziel-level energy to this football team, and I mean that in the most positive way. I mean that strictly on the field. He's going to be that exciting. I don't know if he'll be the best quarterback. I'm not, I'm not here to stand here and say that he'll be the best quarterback because mechanically, it's going to be hard to get past Tua Tungavailoa, and as far as accuracy and some of those intangibles, it's going to be hard to get past Mac Jones. But as far as excitement, getting up on a Saturday this fall and saying, I get to watch Bryce Young play football against anybody, regardless of the level of competition, this dude's going to do something special. That's what I'm saying. That's what Bryce Young is. And anybody that's, that's sleeping on that fact, they need to wake up because it's almost August. We're, we're almost here. We're 55 Derek Thomas days away from Alabama football. We're 55 days away from shutting a whole lot of people up down in Miami and on this dumb website and all across the country who think that Miami's got a snowball's chance in hell of taking on the Alabama Crimson Tide because they think, for whatever reason, the guy that was supposed to win the job last year despite a pandemic is not going to come in and blow the roof off of sun off of the, the stadium in Miami or, excuse me, in Atlanta. Are you kidding me? This is Bryce Young we're talking about. The number one quarterback in the country in the 2020 recruiting class. Wake up. It's almost time for Alabama football. It's almost time for Bryce Young to blow your mind. Stay up to date on all things Alabama Crimson Tide. Tide109.com. Download the Tide 100.9 app so you can enjoy this show and all of our programming no matter where you are. Coming up next is the Jay Barker Show from 12 to 2. Ryan Fowler from 2 to 6. Tied tonight from 6 to 7 to 9. I'll be back with you at 11 a.m. After Martin Houston at 6 a.m. Inside the locker room at 7. And the Gary Harris Show at 9. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. We'll see you again tomorrow. Enjoy your Monday.